0: all right this is the sharp square podcast hindsight 2020 regular season finale this one post week 18 what a wild finale in the nfl really i mean out of 16 games three of them were watchable but those that were watchable were absolutely compelling until the very last minute crazy overtime games a a finish in the uh excuse me the Chargers Raiders game that was really unbelievable the idea that after all the talk this week about the game ending in a tie which I completely poo-pooed all week the idea that this would happen. It actually came close to being the result. I got to tell you, what a not, not enough people are talking about is, I think somebody called down the Raiders' sideline and said, Hey guys, if this thing ends in a tie, we, pay, we play the Chiefs next week. And the Raiders wanted nothing to do with that all of a sudden along with some great uh advantageous coaching from the other sideline that benefited the raiders they put them in a in position to win a wild finish also it was mike's ultimate decision you know it's funny my very first ultimate decision this year was the raiders wild overtime game week 1 at home against the ravens we win that one We finished the year with a wild finish where Mike liked the Raiders plus three. And here's where, you know, I think together combined, the Raiders would have been a really good pick for us. Now, I went against the grain here. I decided to go with the Chargers. I didn't think that the Raiders would be able to run the football, but I should have just listened to my own words. As soon as I mentioned Rex Burkhead from Houston being able to run on the Chargers, I mean, of course, anyone could run on the Chargers. And with the Raiders running the football, they did control the clock. They won the time of possession. Uh, But Mike really had some good insights on this game. I wasn't buying into the Raiders as much. He really liked the way Carr was playing. He thought the game. And and look, the home field. Home field advantage is something I harp on, but have gotten a little off of. Mike, I think, sort of a ahead of the wave of professionals who said home field's overrated, not worth three points. I mean, he led that charge but did recognize the spot yesterday where home field was really advantageous here for the Raiders. Herbert couldn't hear anything. I, I like I don't know if he heard the right play call when it was fourth down on their own 17. I still can't believe someone actually sent that in, but it was loud in that building. It was a wild back-and-forth game, but when you have two teams that play each other that close to take the home team catching a field goal where there is some home field edge uh, was a really good call. So ultimate decision, great on Mike, uh, got us one of our wins yesterday. Uh, Mike really rallied at the end of the year. I was probably up four or five games when it came to our best pick of the week. I have been tanking at the end of the year, and he has been getting better and better. I decided to take the Atlanta Falcons, and listen, here's a basic betting lesson, right? It is the only advantage of any amateur better against bookmakers, and this goes for all of us. I don't care how different we are as amateur betters; we all have one thing in common. We don't have to bet every game, and therefore should never bet the Atlanta Falcons, like, playing Game of Falcon, as I like to call it, is the equivalent of running your head into the wall. I, I don't know any benefit of it, but I know well enough not to do it, yet for some reason, there I am, head halfway through the drywall. I, 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 I cannot stand these Falcon games. I will say this, New Orleans ran the ball all over them yesterday. I have been saying that I think New Orleans, with all of the injuries, they're they're better than the product you've seen, especially late in the year. They had a couple national TV games where they got smoked. I think it absolutely downplayed their stock a little, and I think I was guilty of underrating them as well. This game was never close. Atlanta was never in it. They never had a chance. You just felt stupid the whole time betting the Falcons. Uh, big whiff by me for my ultimate decision. It, you know, Mike was on the game too, but at least as an ugly betty. Like at least he recognized it for what it was. Hey, hey, this is dog shit. But I kind of am going with the Falcons. To me, it was the best thing on the menu, and that's shame on me. So we missed there. Uh, we also missed on our share of square. We had the New England Patriots minus six. And this is a classic case of just failing to see the way home for Miami. All we talked about was Belichick against Tua, about how the Dolphins have been bounced out of the playoffs. And we completely never really even considered a path home for Miami. Even though Brian Flores, who is no longer the coach of the Miami Dolphins, great job there, Miami. I mean, really, excellent job, Miami. You, you guys are just so freaking smart. It's unbelievable. Flores is the only one in the building with the guts to say Tua isn't a quarterback in the NFL, but the Dolphins, because they put all their eggs in that basket and want to think they're so smart... Fire the person who's the only one in the building telling you the truth. Good for Brian Flores. You'll be unemployed for about six minutes. Wherever you go will be an upgrade. Miami, whatever you end up with, you will deserve. Uh, But in this game, if you looked at the look-ahead line in this game, it was only Dolphins plus three and a half. Now, my power rating said that the game should be Dolphins plus 2.5. And And whenever my power rating agrees with the look-ahead line, I like to play those teams. Because the massive line change tells me there's over-speculation in the market. And that's what happened here. Everyone saw what we did. Now, to be fair, the textbook definition of our share of square pick is to take a public bet that seems obvious, and you almost do bury your head in the sand to arguing the other side. But, in hindsight, 2020, it doesn't mean that those picks get off scot-free without me coming back and talking about how stupid they were. And I don't know if the pick was stupid, per se, but certainly, every narrative we had for New England was accounted for in that line, and then some. So no matter how much you like a side, if the price gets too expensive, you got to be really careful. And with the New England Patriots, who don't blow teams out unless they're named Jacksonville, to lay a really big number against a really good defense and a division rival who has had your number for two years... That was a stretch. We stretched it a little too far there. I think there was better picks on the board that we could have ended up with. But we took the Patriots. It didn't work out. We got a loss on our share of square. New York football Jets lost by 17. We had them plus 16. Sometimes I think I come up with arbitrary numbers. But 17 is technically a key number in the NFL. Meaning it's one of the more common margins of victory versus, say, the number 15 or 16 or 18. So I just stuck in my head that unless the Jets got to plus 17, I wasn't going to play cash on the game. Normally, I end up kicking myself for being so finicky. Yesterday, I felt like a genius. I didn't lay the money on the game. And was I really sharpening my pencil to the point where I noticed that at 17, great value. At 16, no, you can't go to the Jets. No. But sometimes you set ultra-disciplined check marks. You be greedy. You say, hey, 16 might be the number, but if I'm going to play the Jets... I'm going to get this at a good sale price. I'm waiting for 17 And that saved me money. Think about that when you're looking to play teams that you're really hesitant about playing. Set a standard maybe a little high than your normal parameters, and sometimes those checks can save you money. I wish I had used something like that for the contest. The Jets were absolutely awful. I kid you not, the Jets' yards per passing in the game, 0.2. 0.2! 0.2. I don't know, other than if you just dropped the ball in front of you, how you could average less yards. It was absolutely pathetic, and here was the thing. Two weeks ago, the Jets played a good-spirited game. Last week, they were all in, almost beat the Bucks. I didn't bet on either of those games, and for us to come in on the Jets, we'd already missed it. We were late to the party. Don't be late to the party. You want to be an early arriver, right? You want to be like Michael Scott going to David Wallace's. You want to be at that party early, early. That's what we should have done with the Jets, and we were way too late to the table for this last second Jets run. Went up again against a Buffalo team, highly motivated. Again, glad I didn't bet. But those same standards for betting, you got to use for your contest picks if you want your best stuff in there. I'll take this one. I threw the Jets in. It was a loser. Our consensus pick, which has struggled all year, hit, and why wouldn't it hit? It was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, sometimes a line is just wrong. Now, when I saw this line earlier in the week at Ravens minus five and a half, I was worried. I was worried because my power rating said the game should only be one and a half. And I could not figure out what I was missing. What in the world could the books be seeing or could the betting public be seeing that would make them want to take Baltimore with such a big number? And we got this game right. It ended up closing at three, but I'm going to give one last little lesson here. At five and a half, I told myself, I want to bet the Steelers When this line gets to four and a half. Now you might be saying, at plus five and a half, why would you want less points? It doesn't make any sense. If you're betting the underdog, the more points, the better. And yes, mathematically speaking, that's true. But here's the thing, going back to key numbers. Five is not a key number in the NFL. How many games, and I know you can find small examples out there. But in reality, most games don't fall at 5. The favorite wins by 5 points. 4 is a common number. 6 is a common number. 3 and 7 are key common numbers. So what I knew is if the line dropped from 5.5 to 5, and even to 4.5, I wasn't really missing anything in as far as an actual number. However, With the line moving to four and a half, it let me know smart professional money was on the Steelers, and it solidified my opinion where I was worried about what I was missing. So the number going down affirmed my belief, and there in and of itself gave that one point line movement that went against me value for me to make the play. That's Hindsight 2020 this week. Check us out on Thursday where me and Mike will pick all six NFL wildcard playoff games.